You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. I have with me one of my most popular guests of all time. I'm so excited to have her back here, and I know that you guys are so excited to have her here. She is. She had only been in the industry for three years back then, but now she has definitely cemented herself as a superstar in the adult industry, and I'm so happy to have her here, the beautiful Elsa Jean. Hi, everyone. Hello. I'm so happy to be back. Is my microphone okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to have you back too. Also, like <laughs> I, I also am very happy to have you back with like our new improved cameras. When I had you on before, we were on a much lower resolution camera, and really, I go back and I like look at those old clips, and I'm just like, oh, like. But they probably of, didn't have better we, cameras, or maybe they no, did. they did just. Ernie didn't have better cameras, but it's okay. We've grown together. We've all grown (laughs) together, and now we are working with much better equipment. So now everybody can see you, like, your beautiful face in high def. Yay. I can see also that you're getting getting rid of that tattoo on your shoulder. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Dude, how painful is that? It's so painful. Because that was very big and very dark. So this is actually only one treatment, which is pretty cool because it's only one treatment. So I went to a place that they have the best of the best, but it is the most painful. They don't use heat. Mm -hmm. So you don't get like blistery but Mm -hmm. it does oh my gosh it's so painful I'm I have so many that I'm removing it's just wow for those of you who are not actually watching the video and you're listening to the audio we are talking about tattoos Elsa has a huge rose tattoo on her shoulder that's very much been like a trademark of yours and this one will probably only take two more sessions the one on my hip will take three years what's on your hip I can't remember roses again (laughs) I mean at least you're consistent stupid what how long did that session take just a couple minutes they zap it so quick really yeah but just excruciating pain for a couple of minutes it's like a rubber band but like a big rubber band yeah like a strong one plus burning and like i i don't even know how to explain it it's like a true zap yeah no i've had uh, enough laser treatments in my old age to, to understand what you mean and you can't numb it and you gotta leave it alone it's just can you take like a painkiller beforehand? I'm sure, but I don't know. I don't even take Tylenol, so I'm not really. really yeah. Why don't you take Tylenol? I just 
don't like taking medication. <laughs> Interesting. You yeah. know, my brother used to be like that. He would get sick and he would like not take medication because he wanted to know that like he could fight it on his own. I just think it's better to – so I've had two boob jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And my second one, I wasn't even swollen or anything. And all I took was the antibiotics because you have to take that. Yeah. But I swear it's because I didn't take any added stuff. I just drank Arnica tea, which I drink every single day. And I think that that's like – and celery juice, I think that's like the best thing you can really do instead of taking Tylenols. And what you got two boob jobs and you never took any pain no, medication. No, the first one it was horrible, but I did recover a lot quicker than my friend did. And my second one, no pain, no swelling, no bruising. And I'm trying to tell people drink arnica tea. Really? If you're getting a procedure done, start drinking arnica tea two weeks prior, thirty days prior. Drink celery juice. Really, mm-hmm. it helps for inflammation and. You know Arnica, like the oh, yeah. cream and stuff? They yeah. have a tea. I fell on my ass on the stairs last week. I've been Drink putting the Arnica tea. on my butt every fucking day since then. Yeah, the tea, way better. Arnica tea and then cel- – you know, celery juice, I hate celery, but mm-hmm. I know that celery juice is good for digestion, so I've been so trying many, to drink more of that. It, like if you really do your research on celery juice, it helps with so much. Really? Yeah. It tastes like – Yeah, it's not You could put lemon in it. Yeah. I mean the thing is, is like – I mean, you know, I used to be like a raging alcoholic, so I'm good at pounding mm. liquids really quickly. Oh, wow. So I feel like if I could pound like a fucking glass of vodka, which is vile, I feel like I could do just I don't juice. know. I could I could do shots all day if I really wanted to, and it, and I like it way better than celery juice. Well, I mean, it makes you feel better, right? It's yeah. like after the first couple, it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's water after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Celery juice. Okay. I'm going to start doing Try I need it. to get more healthy. I'm going to start looking into that. Yeah. No, try try celery juice. It's you say like anti-inflammatory too. This, I mean everything. I drink it when I have a headache. All of it. If I'm not feeling good, I drink celery juice. Really? I was. I actually have a juice in the fridge with celery juice. In try it. it and like beets and just do oh, natural. I hate beets. The two things I hate the most: celery and beets. Or you're telling me other things I need to. Well, off, I right? mean, I feel like the last year I used to eat so unhealthy, and it really. People would tell me this all the time. It makes a huge difference when you're healthy. I know. Just everyday functioning is so much easier. Why won't I do it? Wait, what else do I need to do? Just eat. Don't eat processed things. I don't eat anything on like that's been processed. Like no crackers, no man-made type of you know things that well, are they just say not- they say like stay to the on the outside aisles of the grocery right mm-hmm. because that's where like the dairy is and well dairy is probably not a good example but like the vegetables and the yeah. fruits and stuff like that like caveman everything diet. yeah everything on the inside is the process that's stuff. what i do caveman diet it's so tell, like, take me through what you generally eat in a day. I know this is not a nutritious podcast. We will get to dicks, I swear to God, guys. Yeah. But like, I do want to hear. I want to hear about how I can be healthier so I can take dick better. Okay. So drink Arnica <laughs> tea because then when you're swollen, it will just you won't be so swollen and you won't be in pain. Drink that celery juice. But I wake up and I drink Arnica tea. I'll eat. I actually don't eat breakfast. If I do, mm-hmm. it will be like eggs like two eggs I'm mm. not a breakfast person I actually don't really eat until one o'clock mm. and then that's when I'll eat grilled chicken broccoli um fruits how do you like so salmon. I mean you I know you travel a lot yeah. you travel quite a bit like how do you 
manage eating stuff that's not man-made when you're traveling. Every place has grilled chicken and broccoli. Even if it's not on it, you call room service and you ask for that, they'll make it. Or some type of vegetable, but they all have grilled chicken. Mm, And then, yeah. I guess that's true. And they'll all make like some type of gravy or whatever, I guess. But I don't even eat that. It's in rice. Yeah. And then what what about dinner? Same thing. Are you serious? Steak, shrimp, salmon, and then a vegetable, whether it's a spinach. Salmon and spinach goes well together. Do you mashed ever eat, potato. Do you eat sugar ever? No. See, I have PCOS actually. So sugar is oh. really bad for me. Hmm. So bad. I actually have to be kind of careful of the amount of fruit that I eat too. Like it oh, will really? really throw me off. Yeah. Okay. I know. But I love sugar. Sugar is my problem. That's that's like if I could kick the sugar habit, I, I feel like I would would solve a lot of issues in my life. They say 21 days forms a habit. So if you could get past 21 days of no sugar, I bet you you won't even notice it. And it's true. I know. I got rid of all sodas and stuff. Now I have them in my fridge for my friends, but I actually don't touch them. Before I would have just drank the whole thing. Yeah, I'm not a big soda person, but like it's at night. I like to, you know, when I'm relaxing, I like to eat like some chocolate or something. I think you should just keep doing that. There's chocolate's actually... Dark chocolate, but I, see, it's not dark chocolate. Oh. I don't like dark chocolate. <laughs> you're trying to give me, you're trying to like give me an out with yeah, the healthy I know. chocolate. I'm trying to it's validate. Not going to work. Yeah, you know what though? I think it's so funny because I'm shooting. I'm actually shooting Nicole Aniston next week, and you know, like she's super healthy and she's yeah. vegan and all that stuff. And every time I'm with her, she like inspires me to do better. So I feel like maybe you. Bookend, being bookended it. by you and then Nicole next week is going to make me a better person. Yeah, just try it. It's really not that bad. It's really I know, not. I know. Eating healthy actually tastes good. I do normally eat healthy. It is it is honestly the sugar thing. That's so you'll problem. eat a whole bar of chocolate? Um, or a few? You know, not a whole, like half. I don't know. Well, I don't think that that's that bad. You were making it seem like you eat a full tub of ice cream plus a chocolate. No, 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 no. I'm not that bad. But, um, you know, like it's still too much. And I also drink too much caffeine. Oh, yeah. See, I'm, I drink a lot of caffeine. Yeah. Okay. So you, you are, you are imperfect in some ways. Definitely. You're not, okay, Definitely when it comes to caffeine. And I smoke a lot of weed. Oh, okay. A lot. Like I will smoke probably three joints in the morning. And then- really? Yes. And that doesn't give you the munchies? <laughs> no. See, when I would smoke pot, like it would literally make my stomach numb where I could eat an insane amount of food. It was like I would be eating all of this food and be like, how am I consuming all of this? Like how is it fitting inside me? It was like that was really bad. I mean, I've done that. Eating. I just never – I always regret it. Yeah. My stomach will – Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. It's over for days if I were to do something like that. Maybe even weeks, honestly. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like one of those people that just – like I know that I'm setting myself up for failure. Yeah. And I still do it. Just I don't know. Maybe you bad, need bad like – This is why I had to stop it. drinking alcohol because I literally yeah. like couldn't – that lack you know, of, of yeah. a boundary. Yeah, That's I also right. don't Everyone smoke. has. That. I also don't smoke weed anymore. I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, sugar is my next. Well, my next it's sugar is just everyone eats so much sugar. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So it's, you're acting okay. like you're smoking math at night. I know, right? <laughs> I guess it's not that bad. Okay, now that we've spent the first 12 minutes of the podcast talking about how I need to change my nutritional habits, let's talk about you. Okay. Um, so you have a massive following. Um, your interview is 
Did you know that your interview is actually my most watched interview? I didn't on know your most, channel? but yeah. I knew it was up there for sure. No, it's 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 the number one. It's actually funny it's just because the story. Julia <laughs> Ann was right in before you, and you and her have the two top slots. Oh, oh and Nicole Aniston too, actually, who I'm seeing next week. So weird, like the three nice. of you. It's interesting. It's just, Full circle. But I'm pretty sure yours is um, number one. Nice. And it's had like at least 2 million views. It's just that story. People I, s- I still hear story. people or they'll comment and stuff. They'll be like, I saw you on Holly Randall's podcast. And, you know, they always bring it up. People love that story <laughs> know. so much. Um, so how have you adjusted to your years of fame in the industry? I mean, you've really blown up. Really? <laughs> I don't <laughs> You must I, on some level – no. Can I be honest with you? Yes, of I live such a different life than what I what people truly think I live that mm-hmm. I'm really not in touch with I don't want to say reality, but almost. Like I really live by myself. I when I'm on social media, I'm not looking at people's stuff. I'm looking at like memes and mm-hmm. funny videos. I make a everyone on my Twitter that's in the industry is honestly muted. I don't see anything that, yeah, I just don't see anything. So, no, I don't, I don't even look at my comments on my social media. That, I think, is the key to happiness. Yes, it really is. Is not reading the comments. So I see that my following goes up, but I don't know. I never really, like, thought about it. Do you get recognized in public? Yeah. So that's some indication that you – Yeah, but that happened when I was super new. Hmm. But doesn't, doesn't it happen more often now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you yeah. handle that, by the way? Like – and Depends. is there, if a fan would see you in public, is there a cool way to approach you? Like, what would you say would be the guidelines that would make I you mean, respond favorably? Most of the time, it's people are just being kind. Like, that's all I really ask for is people just to say hi or, you know. Um, I haven't had any bad situations. You're laughing uh, <laughs> as you say that, which makes me think that you have had at least one. I was just, uh, I was at a club. I'm not really a club person, but I was at a club and I was with someone I probably shouldn't have been around just because it didn't, I don't know, like we, our lifestyles didn't really match up. And the guy (laughs) came up to us and he was like, wow, I can't believe you two are together. And we were like together, together at that point. He's like, I'm not going to tell your little dirty secret. (laughs) And they got, the guy I was seeing and him got into a fist fight over it. Wow. So that's something that you shouldn't do. Is yeah. Like, use a threatening tone. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm assuming dirty little secret, he meant that you were an adult star. And the, the person wasn't. Yeah. And obviously, the person that you're with, like, does Did, know that. Right. Do, and doesn't with, care. But yeah, like, still, the person. I feel like just, that would have come up. Yeah, for sure. That would be crazy if it didn't. But yeah, yeah the guy was like, Ooh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna tell your little secret or dirty secrets. And his eyes were dilated because he was on like coke or something. Yeah, I was just course. like, this is scary. Oh my god, <laughs> how how is like dating just in general been for you? Is it is it difficult? Um, no, no. Okay. I've had, <laughs> I've had actually like a good. I've only had a few boyfriends. I've only mm-hmm. had like three real ones, mm-hmm. I guess. But I've always dated around and it my job has never been a problem. Sometimes it it's turned to be a problem later because I get so territorial. Yeah. Um, but with my ex a few years ago, I just lied to him and told him I wasn't shooting when I really was. And he and my look has always kind of kept the same, especially back then. Yeah. So I just 
he, he soon saw like new stuff coming out, but we were already done before then. Cause I would never like not, I, I'm never, I don't, a guy can never affect my job. Like I, it's, that would be yeah too much. That'd be so embarrassing if I mm. did porn and then I let a guy tell me I can't. Would, but that happens but, all the time. Absolutely. I never want to be like that. Mm. It happens all, like it happens with two industry people will start saying you can't. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's people the will truth. Be dating other people in porn and then that person in porn will stop them from doing yes. porn. It's crazy. It is a little bit. I mean, everybody's got their I don't know, everyone's got their thing, you know what yeah. I mean? It's hard to it's hard to say how you should conduct your relationship, but I guess one can tell I think it's by. silly. <laughs> I think it's so silly, but I'm I like to be very independent. But dating has not been difficult. Yeah. I've dated some really cool people actually. Yeah. Yeah. So you, but you are retired from like what we call mainstream porn, which is like shooting for brands. So what made you decide to go, stop going that route? Um, honestly it was, I felt like my health was at risk. Mm. Um, I worked for a company and they lied to me about testing and I ended up getting a treatable STD, but it still traumatized me so much that I was lied to and I decided I was like, I have to re- like if I felt like that was like a real warning for me for my mental health and my physical health. Because, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, it does happen. Right. Yeah. People get STDs. But I wanted 24 hour tests from people and they lied to me. Oh. And it really I was like, I can't believe you guys. I, would, I was doing a gangbang. Mm-hmm. So I was already out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I said. The only thing I really want is for people – you know how gangbangs are. I mean, there's so many people. You There's such a higher chance at getting something. So there's I said – a gang of people. Yes. There's a <laughs> gang of people. So I was like, everyone has to be on a 24-hour test. And I get there on set. They're moving things. It was so suspicious. Even the makeup artist that day was like, something doesn't feel right. So I'm talking to all the talent. I'm like, everyone got their test back this morning, right? Talking to the director, everything. Yes, yes, yes. And then I go and I shoot the scene immediately after. I'm like, man, I don't feel good. My – throat was immediately white and like like disgusting and this is just shortly after later that night my glands are swollen like this and finally the owner or whatever the company calls me and they're like yeah because I'm texting I'm like I think I'm like really sick and um they tried to gaslight me and tell me that it was probably from like (laughs) someone I was seeing or you know whatever and then they they finally said well actually so-and-so was dirty we thought you were going to be okay, um, and we didn't think it was going to affect you. So wait, they knew. Wait, 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 wait. They knew the person was dirty, or they knew the person didn't have a 24-hour test? Honestly, I – for the way it sounded to me was that they knew they were dirty. And they it came back that morning knowing they were dirty, and they tried to gaslight me to think that I did something wrong and that – yeah. No, it was – whoa yeah whoa that like that is so against what the industry that is does. so fucking unethical that's like yeah. insane like so i mean i have a policy and actually this was instituted by mind geek that if i don't have a cleared test from the person the day before mm-hmm. i cancel them and get somebody yeah. else because it doesn't matter. Like, I need the results back yeah. the day before. Because sometimes people will go get tested mm-hmm. the day before. They're like, oh, my results will be in the next morning for the shoot. I'm like, yeah. that's not that's not acceptable. Your test results have to be clean and within the window to the day before. Because if I wait until the morning of, 
first of all, your test results might not come in on time. Yeah. Second of all, they might come in dirty. Yeah. Or, you know, and we're definitely not shooting the scene until I see cleared test results. But what's even easier is that it was a gangbang. So if the person came back dirty, they could have just said every that person's just gone. It's I mean, there was there was multiple people. It's not like we were short people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said that the the the, the scene was too expensive. The I mean the money How that they put. How many guys was it? It was four. Okay. So I guess I could have done a three. But you know what? The scene, never, it will never come out because of what has happened. They said they won't release it, which I think legally they're they're scared, honestly. Yeah, of course. So they, it's not even like the scenes. So they lost the money completely. Yeah. When they could have just rescheduled it or yeah. dropped the person. It right. was that simple. That's crazy. So I I'm, retired over that, literally. Wow. Yeah. I'm really sorry that happened to you. That's it's like, that's, that's, that's. That's horrifying to me. Honestly, it was a blessing in disguise because I. Do you feel like you were maybe ready? So ready. Okay. So ready. Because that was like a scene where I was like, I'm going to start doing like more and more aggressive and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I I was ready to be done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. That is rough. So um, since then, you're just, you've just been, well, I know we'll talk in a minute what you're up to now, but Mm -hmm. so after that happened, I mean, you had OnlyFans, right? I did. So you had that to support you, which I'm sure has probably been pretty lucrative for you. It's been lucrative for a lot of people. So what did you do, like, after that retirement? Like, did you kind of step back? Was there, like, self-care that you felt you needed to do? I mean, for a year straight, I just... Drank celery juice? Drinks. No, I went so hard because I started so young and I worked so often that I never actually really had a life when I was in the industry. And I always was either married or like with like an older guy that I was at home doing nothing. So when I finally retired, I actually went really crazy and had the best time of my life. Just went out and just like I did. did and yes. Like, and I was fun. single too. And it was, it was a lot of fun. So I, I, felt really recovered and ready to work a year later. Yeah. Yeah. So then a year later, um, what did, what did, what did you start doing? I just, um, honestly, a year later, I just started to do, you know, just more mainstream podcasts. And, uh, I started to get into NFTs. I, I was almost like a stay-at-home wife for a little bit. And, like, I really was enjoying life. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, so I really started with the NFTs. That's kind of what brought me back a little bit. Okay. And then really focusing on the content on my OnlyFans because, I mean, I had so much time. I traveled and um, – but the NFTs was, like, I had to learn a lot, actually, Yeah. to do it. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't just, like, someone that put out, you know, some and then – didn't do anything like I created my own website and everything to sell them and so you didn't like just put out some nfts and then, and then like not, not fulfill your yes absolutely and, like, money and then, yeah like- yeah no I didn't do that and I had to actually make a huge point that I wasn't going to do that so I had to do double work yeah 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 I definitely want to get into your nfts so let's take a quick commercial break then let's come back let's talk about Elsa's nfts and we'll talk about the podcast so we'll be right back guys Do you want to have some kinky fun, but you'd rather experiment in the privacy of your own home? Then you should try Jerkmate.com, a website where you can have a sexy experience with real models from all over the world, no matter what you're into. 
Jerkmate.com is an adult community where you can match with whatever floats your boat. Men, women, trans men, trans women, or couples. There's so much diversity and a wide variety of categories, such as femdom, BBW, gay, cosplay, and so much more. You can choose from private chat sessions, cam to cam if you like being watched, or you can just sit back and enjoy the show, remaining totally anonymous. Jerkmate.com is where you can explore your fantasies in a secure and welcoming space. So don't spend your next Saturday night alone. Come on over and make some new sexy friends at jerkmate.com. Go to jerkmate.com to create your free account using promo code RANDALL10 and get 10 free gold tokens for your first private chat sessions. You must, of course, be over 18 to join. Don't forget, that's jerkmate.com and use promo code RANDALL10 for your 10 free gold tokens. All right, guys, we are back. Okay, so Elsa, so yeah, talk to me about your your NFT project. So my friends for a while were actually trying to get me to do it, and I was like, I don't want to do added work. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking earlier about how the – like so many – subscription platforms like it's and they all want different content on there or they you know it's almost impossible sometimes so I was like I don't want to do this added work and then I wasn't working and that you know so uh, my friends I jumped on a little bit too late I feel but I also think I did it at the right time because um, I didn't have anything else to really do so I purposely wanted to give my fans something that you know like they can buy customs but then it's kind of like whatever and you know it will either get stolen or, you know, put up on tube sites. But I was like, I want to give them something that I think can hold value if they want to resell it. So they buy these NFTs and then they get like, you know, exclusive content, voice notes. Um, they honestly get like first out of everything. Like I have, um, you know, some some clothing and stuff that I am coming out with. I'm going to release it to them first. Mm-hmm. But if they don't like what I have on there – they could sell their NFT back mm-hmm. and get their money back. Mm-hmm. So, so what are what are the NFTs specifically? They're all variations of different stuff. You can even okay. get golden tickets where um, if you get one, um, you can get a free FaceTime call with me mm-hmm. or a, a Skype or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So they're all just different looks and they, it's at random mm-hmm. which one you get. But So are they um, – because I understand that like NFTs in are really like – kinds of membership special like membership yeah. tokens really where yes. people can access bonus stuff like you're talking about yes. but your nfts specifically because you know they've sometimes they're cartoons yeah no they're, they're, so cartoon. they're, they're, they're cartoons yeah. of you okay. yeah cartoon very girly mm-hmm. uh very similar to me so yeah. yeah i went with more of a cartoon look how many variations are there i think there's a thousand oh wow yeah yeah so there's quite a few so did you get to choose what each variation was or at least I mean because I know a lot of times with a thousand especially yeah. it's like maybe you swap out the hair hat color with the hat yeah. with the shoe and etc but you know there's got to be some basic designs that you work yeah with. You so I, I yeah I worked with a guy on just the basic ones and mm-hmm. um and they actually took a lot of it from my Instagram the looks and stuff like that mm-hmm. so some of them are are kind of similar to photos where they kind of just drew up and and then like we said changed you know mm-hmm the shoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, you were featured in a Business Insider article um, that said you made 30K in one month. Was mm-hmm. that surprising to you? Was it more? Was it less than you expected? And it, it was surprising because I did a smaller drop. So mm-hmm. I wanted um, 
yeah, so I, I it was surprising because I didn't necessarily think people were still buying NFTs. But then I kind of thought about it. I was like, I actually really do have hardcore fans that no matter what I do, I know that they'll like support. So it makes sense a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's an interesting time to get into the NFT market, right? It is. Because the bubble has popped mm-hmm. um, and all of those useless NFTs and all of those rug pulls have yeah. been exposed. So, but, but however, there are still, there's still like a core group of people that really believe in NFTs and feel like it's going to come yeah. back around and, and believe in the project. So yeah, it's kind of like, I feel that if you're successful in that market at this time, then you're really, you know, providing value mm-hmm. and you have customers who recognize that and trust you really. I think if you have like a hardcore fan base, your NFTs will always be like something that people want to buy. I think Mm -hmm. it's people buying these random ones that Mm -hmm. are like, you know, whatever that they were just like some type of weird character that no one, there was no like substance to it, you know? So, so I feel like mine will always be popular. Yeah. I really do. I think any girl in the industry, anyone with a fan base, their NFTs will always do good. As long, yeah, and I think as long as they are providing the value for that, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, I think that that's where the problem lies. Because right. a lot of people don't necessarily understand what NFTs are, and they think they're just like you know digital pictures. No, or you whatnot. get solos. You get yeah right. with mine, right with mm-hmm. yours. So if you're delivering, and if you're actually you know, following through on those deliverables, that's what makes them valuable. And I think that's where (laughs) people either succeed in that or they don't, you know. I mean, it is hard. Like we said, it is hard to constantly put out content, but I I promised them that I would, and it's no different than me shooting just one extra solo Mm -hmm. each time I do all my other stuff. So, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's true. It's like, if you're already producing a large amount of Just throw one extra one in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to forcing myself to kind of stay relevant, you know? <laughs> yeah, and stay, like, committed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's definitely a commitment that you're that – I you're... like to work, though. Yeah. Have you always been, like, a workaholic? Definitely. Definitely. Since, like, 14, I had a job. Yeah, I'm kind mm-hmm. of the same. Do you find that it's difficult to strike that work-life balance? I know that you said – Earlier in your career, you were just working all the time. You took no time for yourself. Then you took that year off. Yeah. Had the best time in your life. Now you're back. Do you find yourself in a place where you're able to to balance those two things better or you still struggle with that? No, I definitely – I've tried to balance. And I think I'm just the type of person that I rather go really hard for six months of working and then three months – just do whatever I want. Yeah. I think that that makes me the happiest. Cause I don't think taking off every Saturday and Sunday to go out is going to like, I just feel like I'd rather feel like crap all at once for a couple of months than like <laughs> one day every week. It just makes more sense to me. I know what you mean. I mean, I sometimes, I feel like I need to get the bulk of work out of way before I can relax because otherwise I spend that relaxing time thinking about exactly. all the work I still have to do. It's and then miserable. I can't relax. It's miserable. I'm like living in the future. On I try to take Saturdays and Sundays off and not do anything, and I'm like on Saturday, I'm like Monday, I'm gonna <laughs> do all these things and even clean and do laundry and yeah, yeah. no yeah. thanks. <laughs> 
Now, you also started a podcast this year um, about sex, love, dating, and relationships. What prompted that idea? Um, I mean, I've been in so many different relationships, like literally every single kind. And people would always ask me. My friends always come to me for advice. And then people online were asking me questions. And I started doing a Twitter space just about relationships. And people really liked it. So then I was like, okay, I'll just do a podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. And I and and it's my my um, friend. He's he's gay and a guy, so it we have like everything. If that yeah. makes sense, like, like a every really great opinion. dynamic. Yeah. yeah, that's uh James Moss, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how did you two connect? He is my friend Holly. Her Holly Rupert. Mm-hmm. Her <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> I know. Every every time I say Holly, they're like Holly Randall. Yeah, and you can't say Holly R because yeah, we both start right. with. So Holly Rupert works at Playboy, by the way. Yes. Um, which you shoot about. for Playboy, so everyone always would get it confused. I can't tell you how many times people have texted me or called the, me yeah. thinking I was Holly Rupert. Yeah, and yeah. Like, this is the wrong Holly. <laughs> so I met. They lived in the same apartment building, mm-hmm. and I'm at her place probably every day. So, <laughs> so that's how you guys met. Yeah. So, um, how many episodes have you guys done so far? Um. Probably well, we had to scrap a lot, so I'm not sure which ones will come out, and um, so I need to actually look through all of them. Why so, did you have to scrap them? Well, because I was dating someone, and then and then it kind of blew up. So then I, all the episodes were about me being in a relationship with him, which is fine, because it, but I, it doesn't make sense. You gotcha. know, so yes, I, I lived in Minnesota, so he would fly and he we would spend a couple of days together, but we would shoot them, you know, yeah, almost yeah, two, three a day. So it just didn't, we got to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I, you know what, I have the same situation where, I mean, obviously I'm interviewing people for my podcast, but I can't get too far ahead yeah, because no. by the time that episode comes out, things that they spoke about may no longer be relevant. Exist, yeah. I mean, I've definitely, like, done podcasts where I've interviewed, like, couples, and then, mm-hmm. like, they They're not together. up. And <laughs> like, I guess it's awkward. we got to take this out. <laughs> yeah, so we had to scrap a lot. So I'm not really sure. Probably tomorrow we'll work on one mm-hmm. and kind of see where we're at. So do you guys take questions from people and then you answer them? Kind yeah. Kind of like a Dear Abby? Yes, exactly like that. So, yep, we just ask people to – we put a tweet out. People ask the questions. It's all about how um, – a lot of questions are about do, does size matter, right? That's the number I one question. I was just going to ask you what the number one question um, was. Does size matter? Um, and I guess uh, it's something that you guys could both answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So um, – and then a lot of them is actually about cheating. They're all mm. about people handling cheating, which I think is very interesting. But I think that's just – everyone's main focus, unfortunately, in a relationship is whether someone's cheating or not. Mm -hmm. It's sad. Yeah. I think the um, does size matter question is probably more, comes more from the single guys and then Mm -hmm. the cheating comes from the people in the relationship. Or how do they meet someone? They're Mm -hmm. shy. That's a very popular one. Um, Hygiene. There's a lot about hygiene. Mm -hmm. How do I tell my girl that her breath stinks or she stinks down there? And there's a Mm -hmm. lot of hygiene. So does size matter? I personally prefer someone that's bigger, but it doesn't matter. But I can't be with someone that has a smaller dick that doesn't know how to give head. Mm. You have to make up. 
for it orally. Have okay. to. Gotcha. Because I really do. I I prefer bigger. That's okay. You know what? I mean, that's that's good to be honest. I have to say that most of the girls I speak to say that they generally prefer like an average, a smaller. It does average hurt size. if it's too big, and you know, I rather have I rather have smaller than a giant one mm-hmm. that's not does nothing for me. What's your so like? What's the ideal size? I would say an eight, a an solid eight. eight, a solid eight. Yeah, solid. I mean that's 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 a pretty decent size. A solid eight. Because <laughs> <laughs> guys usually suck at head, so I just rather yeah not even mess with that, not even try to teach them none of it. It just takes too much. I rather just be pleased with something they already naturally have. Okay, so let's say I'm a guy and I'm, I don't have an eight incher, yeah. but I really want to you know, make you happy. How, how do I get better at head? I, you have to listen to what the girl is saying. You have to make the girl feel comfortable enough to tell you what she wants. And I think it's really important for a guy to be like, tell me what you want. Tell me if you like it. Like be the person to open that part up and then actually listen to what she's saying. Mm -hmm. And I think it's all about communication. Like, does this feel good? And, and the girl saying, yes, it does. Or Mm -hmm. I want you to do this. Mm -hmm. And Pay attention. Don't get so crazy into it that you, you know, can't even listen to what she's saying. And another fuck up that I think guys do is when the girl's coming, they automatically are like, let me just go even harder. You need to stay. Whatever you're doing needs to stay. Yeah, that's how you got her there in the first place. Don't just start going crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And then it's like, oh, you just ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't say that. I know. It's so, I mean, it's hard to communicate what you like sexually because, you know, I think that it it is probably easier for people like you and me at Mm -hmm. this point in our lives because we work in the adult industry and there's so much communication in the adult industry. That's like what it's all about because it's the job. But, you know, in real life, the movies have sold us this idea that you're just magically attuned to each other mm. and like everything works out and like he knows exactly what you want and yeah. you orgasm at the same time. And they and that and that things don't really change. Like you can like something and then be mm-hmm. like, I do not like this at all anymore. Yeah. What and is yeah. one thing that you used to like that you don't like anymore? Or vice versa. Um well I used to hate anal. I love anal now. Really? Yeah. How I, do you think that came about? Um, I don't know. Just one day I started doing it more and more. I think what I did is I gradually got into it. I was with someone that really liked it. So there was time I would wear a butt plug during sex and everything. And then I just, we just started having anal sex frequently. Like it was like almost like an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so different than porn anal because mm-hmm. you don't have to clean out or anything because I'm not going that aggressively yeah so but You're also yes not putting it on camera or I yeah you are <laughs> no no I wasn't so yeah. yeah anal is what I but I don't think I would have anal sex with just anyone I think I would have I would it would have to be something with someone long term yeah like I would never have a one night anal stand. no <laughs> no that's crazy right I know I, people do it but I mean you've you know. done it yeah you ha- no way no way I have Back in my wild days. There was actually one guy that um, I was seeing very casually uh, who – it's funny because he watches this podcast, so he's totally <laughs> going to hear it um, – that my friend uh, nicknamed Anal Hurricane. 
And we used to like to have anal sex all the time. But it was he he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And it was it was good. I felt comfortable with him. Yeah. You know. But yeah, no, it, it's not something I think that you do with just anyone. No, but I I've, don't I've think I could. I've done it a couple of times. I've first. thought about it. I've been really into people before where I'm like, I could maybe let them, but mm-hmm. it's still also that's a very unpredictable. Yes. You know, yes. It's very... yes. There's always like at the end when you like look down when he pulls out, you're like, <sighs> or you just like put your hand there to in like, a night oh, of God. drinking. Oh, oh no, it can go so horribly wrong. Yeah. But, no, I've had horrible situations before. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So they know what they're getting themselves into. You can't have anal sex and not expect. I know. You know it to be. Do there to be bears in the cave? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so nasty. I mean, oh. it is, but it's like you want to go down there, you know. For some reason – Guys are so like, I don't want to have sex on a period. You're on your period, but they will have no problem that's, having dirty anal sex. Dude, that's true. You know, I never thought about that. They never complain. Yeah. Or they'll be like, it's okay. We'll just quit getting in the shower. I've never had a guy react badly, but period sex, such yeah. a problem. Let's put a towel down. They never put a towel down for anal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, and let me tell you, it poops a lot harder to get yeah, out of it. Yeah, it is. I have, a, I have a toddler. I can yeah. tell you something. Getting poop out of stuff is yes. not easy. Yes, and grown ones too. Yeah. Yeah, you're dealing with a larger quantity. <laughs> yes. That's for sure. <laughs> um, what is your some of your most like surprising questions that you've had on your podcast? Um, I've had really surprising stories, uh, like one guy wanting to expose his girlfriend cheating on him in front of her family, mm-hmm. and he wanted advice on, like, how to do it. And I said, don't do it, because her parents love her no matter what. Her parents are going to be like, okay, she cheated, but this is our daughter. Like, what are you, you Yeah, know? it just makes you look like the asshole. That was surprising. One of them was um, a lot of best friends wanting to be with either their best friend's ex or boyfriend which I think is so surprising. I've never wanted to be with my friend's boyfriend or ex. Like yeah. that's just such a such a boundary that you don't cross. Right. Um, one of them was a mother fucked the this the boyfriend mm-hmm. of her daughter in that they wanted to actually be together and they didn't know how to tell the daughter. Or no, I'm sorry, they didn't want to be together. The the boyfriend wanted to get back with the daughter and he wasn't sure if he should say something or not. Oh my god, that's like a Brazzers scene right I there. know. I know. I mean. But that's real life stuff. Yeah. People actually do that. I'm surprised. Art imitates life, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Oof. That is not yeah. That is not cool. Uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um so one of the things that we didn't get into last time you were on the show is your childhood and your relationships with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you had a little bit of like a rocky childhood. Yeah, is that for sure. Right? Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so my parents got divorced when I was seven, I think. Mm-hmm. So very young. Yeah. Um, but my dad, I mean, I guess I was seven. So I don't remember him being around that much regardless. Um, he is an alcoholic, pretty bad. I'm not sure if he still is. But um, my mom moved us back to Ohio. I have two sisters, my middle child. Um, and I I mean, my we were very poor. It was just me and my, my mom and my sisters and my grandparents didn't really work. 
um, they were older, you mm-hmm. know. So and my dad didn't give any child support or anything like that. Um, so I worked very young. And I finished high school actually at 16 because oh, wow. I needed to work. And then I started stripping um, underage, actually. Oh, wow. And then I got into porn at 18. Okay. And But my relationship with – I talked to my mom almost every day. Mm-hmm. So I still talk to her very frequently, but it's very uh, – I don't, talk, I don't talk to her about, like – Porn, right, you know, right. like, yeah. you know, or like my OnlyFans or if yeah. I'm doing something that I think she would like, I will definitely tell her, but I keep that very separate and she's never asked. She's never brought it up. It's never been a conversation with my family about my job. Yeah. I think, I mean, from the other interviews that I've done with performers, you know, if their parents accept what they do for a living, they generally don't come home and tell them the details of like their anal scene. No. Like they know and they accept it, but I don't think any parent ever wants to hear like details about, you know, sex I that wouldn't. their child has, like regard regardless of whether or not they accept the job. Yeah. I mean, same oh here. Oh my gosh. My mom, one time I wrote a note when I lost my virginity and I wrote like, I'm a, like, I love to journal. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a note about what had happened and, and my mom wrote a note back and said, it's okay. You know, you know, everything's okay, whatever. I'm not upset or anything. So wait, and you I was wrote like, your mom I wrote, note. no, I wrote a note and my mom was cleaning my bedroom. Did your mom ever go in and clean your room for you? Fuck no. Oh, okay. My mom did. <laughs> My mom did. And she found the note. She wrote back to the note, very positive. It's okay. You know, this that's what that's life, you know, stuff like that. And um, and I was mortified that she knew that I had sex. So I can't imagine talking to her about me shooting porn. Yeah. Or my grandparents. I don't even talk to my siblings about it. It's really? just not a well, I mean, there had to be a moment when you told them what you were doing for a living or they no. found out. Yeah, they found out, but I was already moved out. I lived by myself around 16. So by the time, that's two years later where I was already on my own. My mom couldn't really say anything. But how did the like acknowledgement that she knew come about? My sister's... I think they told me that she knew. I don't know how she found out. Probably other family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know at the very beginning, this is so sick, but one of my uncles commented on a, my first scene on Pornhub. Of and I think that's. Did. I yeah. feel like this happens more often than once. Yeah. And so that. I There's think, always that uncle. <laughs> yeah. that I think that set my aunt off. And she, I think she was the one that maybe exposed everything. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Yeah. But. Yeah, they so, found out quick. Did you ever have a conversation with your mom about it? No. Wow. Never. Still to this day. Never. I don't think what, we ever would. What did she tell people? Did she just say my daughter's an, a model? I don't know. I don't know what she says to people. It's never talked about. It's So it, when you talk to her on the phone, do you ever say like I mean, not speak in detail explicitly about your scenes, but like, you know, work is work is stressful or no. like had a hard day at work or, or I mm. have this, I did it, signed a new contract, like, no, you know, just in vague. No, no, no. We talk about everything but that unless I'm doing something that's not porn, then I tell her. Yeah. So like yeah. maybe when you, when you did Playboy. Yes. You guys yeah. She knows that. that. Yeah. But even then that wasn't talked about much. Mm. Yeah. No, we have very, I mean, it's, but it's usually my mom doing all the talking. You know how moms are. Okay. You know, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we'll talk about my family or, yeah, everything but work, which is kind of refreshing. Yeah. 
Now that's good. It's actually got to be nice to have that separation. Yeah. So you're close with your family. I am close with my mom and my younger sister. Okay. My older sister, my mom, um, my mom is, well, she's, I think she's schizophrenic, but she could just be by severely bipolar. Okay. And my older sister also has that. So she's still very much struggling. So she, she has to be at a distance from everyone. But my little sister is, I talk to her every day too. I'm sorry. That's a struggle. Yeah. I mean, but I really thought about it. And there's a lot of people who are bipolar. So it's oh, kind yeah. of a normal thing now, which is interesting because more and more there's people with mental illness. So I don't know if it's the food or if it's. Is it that? Is it? Or are we finally acknowledging. Could be. That there's mental illness and we're talking about it. I think so. I mean, you're allowed to say this person needs a heart transplant. They need this. They need that. Mm -hmm. But you're not allowed to say this person was born with a bad brain. Like there's people who are truly born where they need extra help. Just like people need extra help and. With glasses. I, I honestly think it's all the same. I yeah. really do. I agree with you. And as somebody who struggled with alcoholism, you know, I mean, I think I never really felt like compassion towards people who had mental health issues mm-hmm. until like I really came face to face with my yeah. own. Um, and, you know, existing in that time where I literally like my mind would take over like what my body was doing. Like it's I so wanted easy. to stop drinking. Like, trust me, I wanted to. And I kept trying to talk myself out of it. And then I found myself, like, literally unable to, like, control my actions, yeah. which is a very bizarre experience and very, very scary. Mm-hmm. And now being on the other side of that, you know, I don't have – I feel actually fortunate enough that I don't have any other, like, mental health issues. Yeah. I don't have ADHD. I'm mm-hmm. not bipolar. I don't have, like, any of these other things. Like, literally, I'm the kind of person, as, as long as I don't take something, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I don't need to take anything. But, um, you know – being on that side of it and then seeing people have other mental health struggles. Like it's, it's tough. It's the brain is like such a powerful thing. It is. And it's so easy to, for it to take over and people don't really realize that. I think a lot of people, I think majority of people are very strong people, but the brain can really take over. I know I have to really watch myself when Mm -hmm. I'm going through something, even if it's not that serious. I have to be so, but I also grew up in a household where mental illness was like such a thing to pay attention for. I mean, I, I've watched my, like in therapy, I've like, been through all of the testing and everything just to make sure I didn't have anything and you usually know it until you're about 26 whether you mm-hmm. have something right. so I'm finally at that like thing where oh, I don't have you know yeah. but I was so cautious and now when I'm depressed or whatever even just sat in the slightest I'm like I gotta get outside I gotta you know go to, I, I even rely on my friends I'm like I right now I need you guys to get me out of the house and my friends are very good about that but I think people don't aren't taught that they're taught if you're sad, well, then it's okay to lay in bed. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is, but you, the brain will really take over. It's really crazy. Yeah. And like depression, how it really just like the feeling of hopelessness. It can I mean, take one heavy. day. It can take one day of like yeah. a really bad day to, to set you back years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's really great that you have friends that yeah. you can, you know, rely upon because I think, you know, going back to the stigma thing, people feel like, they shouldn't talk about it. So yeah. they shouldn't reach out for help. And then you just get deeper and deeper into mm-hmm. that 
and then it just becomes more and more dangerous. Absolutely. I mean, they make stuff so expensive too. Therapies, hundreds of dollars, a session, medication, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot that needs to be fixed. But I think we're actually getting there. Yeah. I plan to do a lot of um, charities and and get really involved in mental health stuff. So I'm interested to kind of see more – where it goes with people who are struggling and if there is going to be more resources for people. Yeah. I mean, I think think that's ultimately like we can't ignore that any longer, Mm -mm. you know, and they talk about the homelessness problem here in Los Angeles. I think it's like half or 40% or half people are struggling with mental illness. That's why they're homeless. It's not because they're lazy. No. It's not because they don't want to work. I'm actually surprised it's, it's, I would say more. Yeah. It's it's probably hard to judge these things through statistics because I think getting probably just being able to interview people or assess um, homeless people like all yeah. of them that's probably difficult to do. So arriving at a you know accurate um, statistic is probably difficult. A lot of the times too, um, people don't remember when they're when they're having episodes or so mm-hmm. it's hard for them to even know to go get help. Mm-hmm. You know, so it might be that people who are homeless are not remembering these episodes or even getting them to the point where they're homeless. Yeah. To even kind of go back and be like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. 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 Sad. Yeah, it really is. Um, Is there a moment that you would define as your career high so far? No. I actually genuinely think that I am on a really good path to, I think I'm getting close to that, but I, I don't think that, I'm there yet. Hmm. I think that I'm really getting close to better things for myself just all over. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I felt – there's been times where I felt really happy and I've gotten really far. Uh, When I got my flashlight, that was really exciting and that was a goal for sure. Do you have any other big goals that you haven't hit yet? Um, So I have yes and no. I'm not going to say what magazine, but I'm shooting for – one of the top magazines, and that has been a goal for me. Um, but it comes out in a couple of months, so okay, yeah. yeah so we're not wait. gonna. You can tell but me. But still, it's it's that's like a huge accomplishment for yeah. me. Like I have these long, you know. Hopefully, in five years from now, I'm have an actual business with like you know I don't know what yet, but I want to have an actual business. Mm-hmm. Any idea in terms of like? Any idea? I want to do hair extensions. I love blonde hair extensions, and there's not good ones. And blonde is so in. Mm -hmm. I really feel like if I found a good quality manufacturer, I could. Okay. So you want to get into, like, products? Products, yeah. I think so. I'm not even thinking, like, that that much about it. Mm -hmm. But it is a goal for me to own a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would argue that you own one now. I want, like, a – you know, do you want like a brick and mortar business? Yes, okay. I want like an actual where I go in somewhere and you know there's a building and everything. Yeah, With yeah, no, I see. Clo- that. I don't know like something. Jean yeah, on the, on the front. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it will happen. <laughs> you know, you've got you've got the fucking world in front of you. You feel like you've accomplished all your goals? Or are you? <sighs> yes. Let's make this about me. Um, (laughs) uh, no, well, yes and no. I mean, I, 
it is funny. You probably, it sounds to me that you and I are similar in a lot of ways when you talked about being like a workaholic. Mm -hmm. You're probably a bit of a perfectionist too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the double-edged sword with that is um, that you work really hard at making things like kind of perfect and you work Mm -hmm. really hard to be, to achieve a certain thing. But when you achieve that certain thing, it's like not enough, is it? It's not. You always, you're like, oh, there could be something more. That's like the double-edged sword. It's like, you work really hard to get somewhere, but then when you get there, it's like it's not good enough and you almost don't enjoy that thing because you're looking to the next thing. Well, you know what it is actually? It's that that it's relief that you're getting because you're so anxious for it and then you're like, am I actually going to get to it? And then when you finally do, it's actually relief. It's not actually like I accomplished something. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, it gets a little bit tricky. Like they say when athletes are playing that it's – they don't feel that like, oh, this is so great. It's They feel this huge relief because they've been – trying to get there and then they finally do and I think that's the same with goals at least I feel like that but I kind of started this year to celebrate my accomplishments Mm -hmm. even if I don't necessarily feel like it Mm -hmm. because I was just uh, like getting my goals done and then I'm like oh whatever and then you know yeah it was just because if you don't enjoy it then like what are we doing yeah why did I even do it yeah exactly gotta celebrate it yeah. I mean, I, I do definitely take moments where I sit back and I reflect on like the things I've accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I think about how I would have felt about those things if I imagined myself in the place I am now, like five years ago, 10 yeah. years ago, I would have been so stoked. Right. And now I'm in that place. I'm like, why do I not feel the way I thought I would feel when I looked at that goal five years ago? Life like, just moves so fast too. So you almost don't even have time. It's like people are like, okay, what next can we do? You know, yeah. and what you know, yeah. I just bought this house, but now let me try to get a bigger one. And, yeah. you know, yeah, just never pleased. Yeah. I think, I think that's why you got to stay off of social media too. I think it has a lot to do with, yes, with maybe feeling like you didn't succeed. Yeah. There was definitely like a time when I would scroll through Instagram and I would see all of these other people getting like these accolades and winning these awards that I wasn't winning. And I was like, why are not, am I not that? Did person? you really feel affected by that? Yeah. Really? For sure. Like, I remember seeing, you know, people like went, like directors winning awards and stuff like that. And like that I had never gotten. And I was like, why? And, but then I would step back and be like, wait a minute. Like I am directing, I'm producing good material, I think. Like, so what? I didn't win an AVN award, but I I also like have a podcast. I also am doing this. I'm doing Mm -hmm. like 10 other things that this person is actually not doing as well. They're just doing the one thing. I'm doing like five things. So like why can I not be like, oh, wow, you're actually doing pretty well with the five things that you're doing, you know? And honestly, your reputation has always been good. You don't have a reputation of someone that keeps people on set for 20 hours. And you know what I mean? But that, oh, Yes, those, I do know exactly those, what you mean. It, you know, those people really pay attention to that. They really do. Yeah. I mean, I know that I did. I was like, I don't want to be on any of these sets no. regardless of awards or whatever. Yeah. And, That's the thing. I don't see. (laughs) I think that that is maybe what separates me from a lot of other directors, except for Mike Quasar, because he feels me on this and he does much better than I do on this. I don't want to be on set all day either. No. I don't want to be on set for 20 hours. I want to go home. I think people are really surprised. They're going to be surprised to hear that because I remember one time I got to set at 2 p.m. I didn't leave until eight in the morning and that was like for browsers or something like that it wasn't even for like you know like the wicked ones where they yeah. do these special effects it was just a standard scene and I was like livid I was like don't ever have me like we're not I'm not here to hang out yeah at all is that what it felt like just you know how it is just like things could be so sl- yeah people want to hang out I yeah. feel like I want to get in the makeup chair 
No. Go straight into pictures. Go straight to dialogue scene. Be done. Go yeah. home. Yeah. Um, and I also don't feel like people really pay attention to the scenes – or not the scenes, the, the dialogue and whatever. So I felt like very against mm-hmm. spending 10 hours on that. Yeah. Because the scene alone itself is what? An hour max. I know. I know. That's what – and it takes so much longer to shoot the dialogue than everything else. I don't think exactly. – people don't realize it, how long it truly takes. It really does. Yeah. I think about um, – you know, and I always tried so hard to run an efficient set. And, you know, when I was doing those big wicked features, oh, I would – Oh, did them? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I did a few. The, my longest day was 18 hours. Yeah, see. And I, I, I look back on it now and, like – Look, I'm grateful that I did those movies. It was a good experience for me. It was a really mm-hmm. good learning experience. I got to write them. Like Steve Ornstein gave me quite a bit of freedom. Um, didn't give me the best budget, but it's okay. Right. Um, <laughs> which is why the days took so long, but it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I'm grateful for those experiences. But I, I just think now and I think about like how long I spent doing it, how many hours and how like little I was paid and I Crazy. don't have any residuals. I don't own the content in any way and I'm just like – It's crazy. Why? Why did I slave away to produce these I movies mean- and not have like any – I don't know. I just – That's like, where – OnlyFans has really saved yeah. the industry. And I know it's probably, you know, I've been out of the loop, but I know it's from what it seemed like on Twitter. They seem very, the industry seems a little bit frustrated trying to get girls on set. Yeah. But it, you make triple, sometimes more, the amount in yeah. a day. And you're you, you're sitting at home, yeah. you know, not I know going to set. You actually lose money at this point being on set. Yeah. That's like, a true statement. You yeah. girls are losing money. Yeah. So either they're going because they want to, you know, put their name out there. Or they want to actually like, hang they, out. They want to be some of those or, people or they, that love yeah. being on set. And, there are people that love being on set, love being in productions. And I mm-hmm. and I get that. And that, like, obviously. Very that's, creative. And, that's a positive thing. And I always felt, because I know a lot of producers complained about it, but I kind of liked the shift that, like, OnlyFans brought because – I only want to work with people who also want to be on set too. Absolutely. I don't really want to work with people who don't want to be there. No, and now no, those days of you don't have to be there if you don't want to. And I think that's better for everybody. Yeah. I remember days where it was like the energy could just, you know, if someone doesn't want to be there, it brings down the whole energy of the room. Yeah. Yeah. I always I always had a good time on set. Even though some of the days were long, I really had a good time mm-hmm. filming. Even though I kind of didn't want to be there, I still, you know, I still actually genuinely had yeah. a good time. Yeah. I uh, do. Yeah. I think about those long days and like – They ended I, up being fun in I a I had way. fun. Yeah. Like some of my best memories are from those days. Yeah. And, you know, it also helps to – I think in, in porn specifically because I know a lot of people that work in mainstream, they don't have the same crew all the time. Mm. They always work with different people. So you don't really get to build that camaraderie like you do in porn. Yeah. Like in porn, like directors, like we work with the same people all the time. Everyone's friends. Have, and so we're like friends. Yeah. So it's – I think that helps a lot. I, I really – sometimes I really wonder where the industry will go. Yeah. When it comes to – I think it will be all at home. Think so? I think, yeah. I think people are going to all – because I know I <clears throat> hire people to come and shoot – almost the same quality I was putting out when I was working for companies. Mm -hmm. I know how to make it look 
the same, you know? Yeah. So you hire um, the right people and yeah. you can get that. So I don't know. Our company is going to survive after a while. I mean, you know what's ironic is that um, a lot of the brands that I worked for actually gave me bigger budgets. Oh, so maybe the smaller. Maybe OnlyFans has helped her where people are like so obsessed with porn that they can't even get enough on OnlyFans <laughs> and they're like, now let me go. You know, maybe that seriously. I think also, too, a lot of the smaller companies have died off and it's only kind of really? left the bigger companies. Like is Team Skeet still around? Uh, actually, yes, I believe so, but oh. I don't know how much they're shooting. Yeah, see, that was like I remember a smaller one. Yeah, or like New Sensations. New Sensations, I think, is still around. Is that considered a bigger company? Maybe not really, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them though too have been bought out by yeah. the bigger corporations. So and maybe that's what it is: is they're all monopolizing it, yeah, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. which is actually isn't that supposed to be illegal? Yeah. <laughs> But the thing Everything is, goes in porn, though. But also, too, a lot of these companies um, are in Montreal, so they're not Wait. in the U.S. Oh, true. So they're not; they don't need to right. follow U.S. laws. Adult Time Montreal, right? Mm-hmm. Mind Geek Montreal, yeah. Mile High Montreal, yeah. Many watch that all be owned by, and no one truly knows. But watch that all the whole industry is just owned by one person. By just one, watch. by one like evil like, genius yeah. in Montreal. Making people think that there's all these different companies when it's really just um, smart. I wish I thought about that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Do you have any regrets from your time in the adult industry? Um, no. Hmm. I really don't even regret the way I retired. Yeah. Um... Well, because you said it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I've just every yeah. I don't. I can't really think of like a regret in general in my life. Um, I definitely there's times where I'm like, if I could redo it, I wouldn't do it again. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily a regret. It's not like because you learned something from it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had a good time in the industry. I really did. I there is. I was overworked, but I had a really good time, and I had a great agent too. You and did. I, I really, did. Mark, I was really Mark looked after, great. and ex- and he's was already a, is already a good agent. And he really looked after me extra, mm-hmm. so I was very, I was like a almost like a princess. Like it was like anything I really yeah. wanted, or you know, yeah. I could always pick my talents and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I, and to be clear, because I feel like when I say Mark, people think I mean Mark Spiegler. It's Mark, Mark Schechter, Schechter at ATMLA. Yeah. Yes, that was my agent. I he was such a good agent. Yeah, he's actually he, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Like, if in terms of like agents, he's definitely one of the ones I recommend. Yeah. I'm like, if you want someone who's kind and mm-hmm. like isn't gonna like try to shyst you, like he's he's a good guy. I think if I had a regret, it would be. It would have been how many scenes I put out. I think mm. if I would have cut them in half, I would have been less overworked and I might still be in. But also, mm-hmm. I, I'm happy I'm out of the industry. I'm not sure. So, no, I don't have any regrets. Yeah. Do you Never think mind. you would ever shoot again for a brand? No. Mm. Never. I still have that, like, anger towards the testing. I do. Yeah. No, I understand. Uh, even if it was a company that paid me ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't do it. You just feel betrayed. Absolutely. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, you put your trust in these people to, like, take care of your health, and they yeah. knowingly violated it. That's hard to get over. It is, and especially it's 
at the time was the top company to work for. So I was like, I don't know where else to go from here. If yeah. they're do if you're doing this, you're then, gonna lie to me. Yeah, then like yeah, yeah, no, no. What if it was like something way worse and. <sighs> Yeah. And it risks my life, you know. Yeah. That's really how I saw it. I'm yeah. I'm actually a very dramatic person, so I take <laughs> whatever happens to me, it's affecting me ten times harder than you know what yeah. I mean. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to new performers? Um, you're not there to make friends. Oh, okay. You're not there to make friends. Treat it as a job. Be professional. Be on time. Be you know, in every way professional, and you're not there to make friends. Interesting. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, yeah, about the professional and being on time yes. part. Oh, for yes. fucking sure. I say you're not – you – it's so easy in every industry to make bad friends, and it can really ruin your life. Yeah. You're not there to date. You're not – make your friends outside of the industry. Yeah. And then when you have, like, a stable – um, you know, career, then start being friends with people because you're already stable. You're already, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. no friends. No. No friends. No friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of callous what you're saying, but I under I understand what you mean. I don't – I have very few close friends yeah. in the adult industry. I could literally count them, like, on one Me hand. Me too. And mine are really good. I, I really love my – my you know adult talent friends but I waited to be friends with them I really Mm -hmm. kept to myself and I think that's why I did so well Mm. because I saved Mm -hmm. and I kept to myself Mm -hmm. that's another thing is save your money yeah please yes but I was a stripper before and I spent all my stripping money so by the time I got in I was like okay I need to save I have nothing (laughs) so I already you know do you have like a financial advisor uh, no, I do. Oh, well, I have someone that does my investments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. rest you just save. Yeah. I get the same satisfaction as sp- – like, you know how some people love to spend? I feel just as good if I see my savings go up. Yeah. I really do. It's it's a great feeling when I log in every month and I'm like, oh, it's – you know. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever feel like – not that you save too much, but do you ever think like, you know, yeah. my God, what am I, what am I saving all of this for? Like I yes. should spend a little bit of it? Yes, absolutely. And I kind of noticed that because so many people ask me for money to where I'm like, I almost started getting bitter. I'm like, I'm not even spending my own money to the point where people are like, they want it, you know? Yeah. The more money you make, the more problems you really have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I started spending my money a lot more recently um, just to enjoy it. Do you find that you're the person that when you go out to dinner with a group of people, people just expect you to pay? Every time. Well, that's annoying. Every time. And I also like – I'm very – I like to eat at nice places, and mm-hmm. I know my friends can't necessarily afford it. Mm-hmm. So I just pay because I want to go there. You yeah. know, it's hard. I don't want to – Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense, especially if, like, you suggest the place and you invite people Yeah, I can't out. say that everyone come to Nobu, and yeah. then I know everyone can't necessarily afford it, and there's other cheaper sushi places, yeah. but I am insistent <laughs> on Nobu. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> but I do end up paying a lot, which is fine. I actually don't mind it too much. Yeah. You know your love language? Um, That's a good question. Uh, my husband and I talked about this a while ago. 
What are, what are, there's four of them, right? It's gift giving. Cause I think how I show love is to pay for things and give people gifts. That's okay. why I was asking. Gift giving, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch. Um, I think it's, is, is that it? it? I think quality it's... time, words of affirmation, physical touch, gift giving. Maybe it yeah, is. Yeah, I think it's yeah. four or is it five? Why do or... I feel like there's one more? There that's might be like, one more. Um, I think that's it. Hey, Masha, can you look up the love languages? Are there four or five? <laughs> Time. Gift. Acts of service. Acts that's, of service. That's, yes. That's okay. It. That's a good question. So I think that words of af- – she says there's five. Is acts of service one of them? Mm-hmm. It is. Yes. Okay. It's number two. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I think – yeah, probably acts of service. Mm-hmm. Um, can you have more than one? Yeah, mine's are mine is um, words of affirmation and quality time. Okay, yeah, mine. But it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit. Yeah, like you don't spend time with someone with. I guess you could not talk. I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I think it's words of affirmation is like I love you. Yes, or, like, you're or I'm proud of you. I'm proud you're of doing you. good. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, words of affirmation because I do tell my husband that a lot like randomly I'll tell him that I love him that's good that's really that's actually kind of hard to do yeah I just I don't know I like I just want to make sure he knows you know yeah good oh you're so sweet (laughs) um and then uh I think probably acts of serve acts of service because I do like that's what you that's how you show your love or that's how you like to be no that's how I I think I think that's how I show my love because I do like a lot of stuff for my mom yeah you know, yeah, like take care good. of her and stuff like that. And like took care of my dad towards the end of his mm. life. Um, and then, yeah, I'm like gift giving. I'm yeah. Pe- Do I buy people stuff? I mean, I, I'm really good at like gift giving around Christmas and birthdays, but I don't generally buy I'm people stuff I'm such a randomly. gift giver. I really am. I absolutely – I love giving people gifts and then like my friends have even cried before and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it just made me feel so yeah. – you know, I'm the same. I, I love giving gifts and I like literally don't care about getting them. Like oh, when I, Christmas comes around, I'm so excited to give you a present. Yeah. But I don't actually, I'm almost like disappointed when people give me a gift. I'm like, I, hey, I didn't really need anything. I didn't receive one gift for Christmas. No, nothing for my birthday. I make it a huge point. I actually am kind of against it. I think that really, it, yes. You tell people think, not to give you anything. Yes. I think that it's kind of like, gift giving is especially when it comes around holidays it's just for the government to make money just to force everyone to spend a bunch of money I don't think it really matters what you receive I think that it just is a way for people to spend so much money that get everybody back in the black again um so wait do you give gifts I give yes I'm a big I know so you go so, against your own I go advice against exactly so you're a hypocrite what, I am 100% <laughs> I am one of the biggest hypocrites but I think buying bulk like you know, random um, dumb shit. Yeah. Like I think going and me buying, if I had children or someone 20 gifts, I mm-hmm. think that that's just, I yeah. don't think it, I think it's a scam. I do. No, I agree actually. And I, I, my, my husband buys my daughter stuff like a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like she has so much shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, she's too young to like know any better, but literally at Christmas and birthday, I took like half of her gifts and I gave them away. I was you like, should. you don't need all this shit. 
like you, you don't need all this shit. You're fucking spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need this stuff. There's people who need this. I'm like gonna, yeah. you know, like I hide them from her so she like forgets that they're not there. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the thing she really wants. I let yeah, her have, no, of just, course they don't really play with just, all their toys. No, they that, don't, and then they lose interest. It's always like, one. There's people out there that need things. Yes. So I'm taking half your gifts and I'm giving. That's them good. You should take her with you to go. Give this off. Or no, is that oh, too soon? Oh, no, at this point, too, she would yeah, cry. Yeah, she's like, mine, mine, that, mine. Like, she doesn't understand. Yeah, no, maybe she's like eight or nine. That's, yeah. you know. Still, I feel like it would be okay, hard maybe, for her then. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. I'm just going to continue to, like, sneakily yes, steal. I don't know is. what happened to your Barbie yeah. doll, baby. Randomly, that's when they that, that one becomes their favorite again or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming. It was such a pleasure Thanks to see for you again. Me. Um, I do have a couple of questions for my Patreon members that okay. we'll do in like a little bonus Q&A for them if you're Cute. okay with yeah. that. Yeah, love to. Awesome. Um, where can people find you online if they don't already know? Um, my Twitter actually changed. So I took the triple X off. It's Elsa Jean is me. So that one. I did makes, notice that. Yeah. I did so that. then, and then my, um, my Instagram is Elsa Elsa Jean official. Yes, it is. Yes. I, just and then, you. <laughs> and then, I never really think about what my username is. Um, and then my that's all I really have social media wise. Mm-hmm. You don't have TikTok? I'm trying. Yes. I don't want to give the TikTok name out. Yeah. I know people are saying there's just I need to I want to put better stuff up there. You, you know what you need your TikTok for is for your podcast. I do. I know. I need it for a lot of stuff like that's Rolling Loud. Well. They were like giving me tickets and they wanted my TikTok. And I'm like, I don't I don't. I remember when Instagram was like a thing and I refused to have one. People were like, you have to have an Instagram. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, it's how we market I'm going to tweet out now. the new TikTok. Okay. Or my TikTok. I just, it's so, I hate doing the dances and whatever. Oh, no, I don't do dances. Are you I don't know what to me? put up there. I just want, I want to restart my TikTok. <laughs> just <laughs> clips from your podcast is good. I have yes. like, um, Masha does everything for me. Yeah. She puts up all my stuff. I don't yeah. put anything on TikTok myself. Okay. No, I don't. Maybe I'll get someone to do mine. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> just, you, just honestly, like social media is all about just hire a team that knows what really? they're doing. You just have them do oh, it. Oh, that's scary. You don't have to do any of that shit. That's so scary. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. If it can go so bad. It could. Maybe one day. It has It has almost gone very badly for me. Not with – I know she's here. Not with no, Basha. I'm sure. But I had another assistant who um, – I mean, to be fair, she didn't know, but I'll tell you after the episode because it's kind of upsetting. Um, but she almost posted something that would have been fucking disastrous. And thank God she ran it past me first. And I was like, do not. Yeah. See, I can't. And I, I hate answering my phone. So if someone's trying to get a hold of me and, you know, oh my God. The problem yeah. is you have to check the work. Yeah. yeah. No. So then I should just get on it and yeah. do it myself. Yeah. Just do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. It took a long time to come to that conclusion. (laughs) And you guys can find me. um, You can find me on TikTok if I'm still there by the time this episode comes up. I know I say this every time, but they're always threatening to take me away. Um, It's (laughs) at Holly Randall Unfiltered. Um, Instagram is at Holly Randall. So is Twitter. And of course, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Or you could actually just go to hollylinks.com and it has... All my social media handles, all of my websites are all there. So, um, yeah, one-stop shop. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. 
A great way to show your love is to rate and review my show. And an easy way to do that is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports and then led to where you can leave your review. And if you could afford to financially support this podcast, you can do so for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is where you'll get access to the live streams of my interviews, bonus Q&As with my guests, access to my fine art photography and behind the scenes of my shoots, free memberships to my not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, and so much more. You can watch the video versions of these podcasts at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Join us every Sunday evening for episode premieres where you can chat live with myself and other HRU fans as we watch the newest release together. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All of my social media links are at hollylinks.com. 